Blog Talk Radio. Step down to the get down. All right, whenever you're ready. You're ready. Five seconds to the open. Aquarius, watch that little gimbal. We don't want you coming off in space. Booster, go. Retro, go. Lido, go. Fly. Guidance, Surgeon, go. Light. Come. We're going flight. GNC, we're going. Tell me, go. FAO, we are go. Network, go. Discovery, go. Capcom, we're go flight. Launch control, this is Houston. We are go for launch. The Roman Show. With your host, Rodolfo Roman. All right, welcome everyone. This is The Roman Show, March 1st, 2016. Live from The Roman Show studios, joining me right next to me is George Alonzo. George, it's a pleasure to have you face-to-face instead of doing it over the phone. Darn right, it's your pleasure. You're next to the most dashing host in podcast history. Yeah, whatever you see. Now, <laughs> quick the dashing here. just want to get some free plugs out of the way. Uh, make sure to follow us on Twitter at uh, The Roman Show and subscribe to our YouTube channel. That's youtube.com forward slash rromano201. George's interview with Matt Stone. Yep, uh, Matt Stone, uh, NXT superstar, has been you know on a couple of, well, former NXT, but he still shows up on the program. Uh, Matt Stone, uh, he talks to us about William Regal, uh, his time in the United States, you know, his comparison to when he first started in England comparing to working here in the United States. And, and, and he taught us a lot, actually. He sure did. I joined a couple of things. Mm-hmm. But you can check that out on YouTube.com forward slash alromano 201 and check that video along with others that are very popular, including the one that you have with Mick Foley, which is uh, mm-hmm. pretty popular, uh, being picked up by several media outlets. Either way, let's kick things off here straight off the bat with Reality Check. And now, it's time to give you a Reality Check. Well, George, WrestleMania season is upon us. There's like about 33 days as of the recording of this program. Mm-hmm. And little by little, we are seeing the storylines get picked up. And I have a bone to pick with you because okay. we were just watching Monday Night Raw. And we have not seen Kevin Owens, the international, the intercontinental champion on TV until now, mm-hmm. where he took on the big show. And, well, my nightmare has come to reality mm-hmm. because it <laughs> seems like Kevin Owens is going to take on the big show at WrestleMania, perhaps, I'm assuming, for the Intercontinental title and maybe some sort of stipulation. But, George, I don't like this match. I really don't. Uh, 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 well, a, a lot of people seem to be probably part of your same bandwagon, Mr. Roman. Uh, you know, uh, to me, I'm enjoying it because it kind of brings a new kind of set of, uh, of environment. To WrestleMania, where a lot of people are already going to get a lot of high spot matches on this show. But, you know, I believe Big Show and Kevin Owens can actually work together, and this is why. Because Big Show can give Kevin Owens that boost of, let's say Kevin Owens wins. Let's hypothetically think that Kevin Owens is going to win a Mania. Big Show can give, can put Kevin Owens over by saying, hey, Kevin Owens just defeated a big man, a over seven feet tall giant. But hypothetically, again, if Big Show beats Kevin Owens, 
then Big Show can go on and say he stopped bullying, you know, in WWE because that's what Kevin Owens is to many, uh, in the eyes of many fans right now, as a big bully. So to me, I think it's a win-win. Yeah, uh, and I, I, I see your point, but I, I just think that that match with AJ Styles and Kevin Owens would have been yeah. so much better. I mean, again, we're assuming here, nothing has been written in stone, but if it were to be Kevin Owens and Big Show, I'd rather see Kevin Owens and AJ Styles, the classic, yeah. way back in the ROH. Yeah, yeah, but Mr. Roman, you're not alone, I'm one of them. But again, the show is already too filled with too many high-spot matches. As obviously as uh, we're you know, progressing and seeing uh, going into WrestleMania, we already have, what, a Hell in the Cell match. Mm-hmm. We got Triple H versus Roman Reigns. Uh, we got Dean Ambrose versus Brock Lesnar. Three high-spot matches. Not, in, not to say that already we might see a three-way Divas match, so how many more high spots do you need? You need that one match that could calm the crowd, you know, and and, and give a good story per se, uh, where either wrestler will come out winning, either wrestler will come out looking good. And, and to me, honest with you, I think this will be that ultimate opportunity match for that. Well, let's see if it is, and I just hope it's not my bathroom break. No offense to Kevin Owens and Big Show. I mean, they do yeah. res- re- deserve the respect that they do, but. We're just going to have to wait and see. Stone Cold Steve Austin has been on a, on a rant lately on his podcast, calling out, saying that the WWE is misusing the Wyatt, and now he's even attacking Chris Jericho. Well, not literally attacking, but he's saying that he can't work like he used to, and he did say that he meant that respectively. Uh, Chris Jericho is 45, and he basically said, look, he's lost a step because of his age, but he does respect him at one, at, you know, one way or another. Yeah. Either way, George... Steve Austin has just—he's just been going out lately with with these rants. Uh, to, like I was going out, asked, calling out people. Yeah, like I—I've told you it, it way before. Uh, you know, we started uh, on this show. I'm still surprised to this day of how he still has a job with the WWE for how much stabbing he's doing t- <laughs> towards you know the athletes and and towards the programming. It's kind of like the whole Mick Foley situation. You know, Mick Foley has you know verbally attacked the WWE on his social media. Mm-hmm. But you don't see him with a network show, do you? Mm-hmm. You know, you see him coming in once in a blue moon on a WWE programming, but you don't see him with a network show. So I, th- that's kind of like, don't bite the hand that feeds you, man. Yeah, but at the same time, he does have a point. I mean, uh, he, he does have a point. Chris Jericho is not the Chris Jericho that he was 10 years ago. And it's nothing against Chris Jericho. It's just... Hey, as you get older, right, your body can't do what it used to back in the day. Hey, listen, I'm sorry to tell you, but not everyone is The Undertaker. Because uh, I was watching, um, I believe it was uh, SummerSlam. I'm not too sure what year it was. But JBL quoted while he was on commentary, uh, saying that The Undertaker evolutionizes his style with the current state of professional wrestling. Mm -hmm. That's what, and it's true, you know, we've seen The Undertaker evolutionize his style, his, you know, his movement in the ring comparing to the new school of professional wrestling, and and that's what made him so successful. Chris Jericho, on the other hand, I feel like he stayed in one style all his life. Pretty much. I mean, he, you call out the moves he's going to do. Yeah, 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 yeah. You haven't seen an evolution in Chris Jericho's style. And if I'm wrong, call me out. You know, feel free. But to me, I haven't seen it. And that's probably why Steve Austin went on that rant. 
So Steve Austin has ground to the rant. But at the same time, this is not something that I would verbally speak out loud. Yes, Austin has the cojones to do it, but it's still not something that I would suggest to do. That's right. And we're talking here, reality check, talking some pro wrestling with George and myself, your host, Rodolfo Roman. Moving forward, we caught up with Kurt Angle earlier this year. We talked about, obviously, his career and possibly entering the cage uh, or the mixed martial arts case for Bellator, but, well, in a recent interview with uh, ESPN's UK, he was asked about his, well, is he going to retire from professional wrestling? And he also made a statement. He did quote that AJ Styles, who is now in the WWE and made his debut in the WWE way back in January, part of the Royal Rumble pay-per-view, he says that AJ Styles is by far the best wrestler that he has faced or wrestled in his career and calling Styles a rare breed, and thinks that Styles is going to do really well in the WWE, George. Uh, AJ Styles by far, one of the best talents in the business as we speak right now. But is he the, really the best talent that Kurt Angle has faced? We had this conversation before, Shawn Michaels. <laughs> what happened guy. to Shawn Michaels? Yeah, like, to this day, people still speak about Kurt Angle versus Shawn Michaels at WrestleMania. You know, what happened to that? You know, to be honest with you, it, it's, Watch the words you preach, man, because you never know who, you know, you're going to hurt verbally. Not trying to say that was his intention, because most likely it wasn't. But at the same time, don't be calling things out like that. You know, it, it's like saying, hey, reality check was better than the Roman show. Mm-hmm. You know, reality check, you know, had its, you know, its ups and its downs and its sides to sides. You know, we had our good moments, we had our bad moments. But I never would ever say it's better than the Roman show. That is why where is the reality check uh, now? It's uh, here. Exactly. Well, yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's here now. <laughs> but, you know, unlike where Angle just said, hey, AJ Styles is the best wrestler I've ever wrestled. Okay. Right. You can't use that. He's faced a bunch of other great wrestlers. Chris Jericho. I mean, you're going to forget about Chris Jericho. Yeah, you get Chris Jericho. He's wrestled against Edge. You know, uh, he's not a wrestler, but... uh, Eddie Guerrero. Eddie Guerrero. WrestleMania 20. WrestleMania 20 was amazing. You know, know, we even got to see some dream matches between him and Brock Lesnar, which was by far amazing. Mm -hmm. Uh, 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 You know, he he even fought Edge, which were... spectacular matches, especially in the finals of the King of Ring tournament. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, that match was absolutely phenomenal. Undertaker. The Undertaker is another one. So, again, when you quote best wrestler in the world, I mean, sorry, best wrestler he's ever wrestled, I don't care how you look at it when it comes to that quote. You're literally putting that sentence against everybody. Maybe one of the best wrestlers. Well, yeah, I would have quoted it that way. Not but guys. But... Mr. Roman, I'm going to say this, uh, with all due respect, I know you're a journalist and all, but don't also blame Angle, because you never know if maybe his words are being twisted at the same time when it comes to the story. It does happen. That's what Donald Trump hates the media. All right, well, that is pro wrestling talk here on Reality Check, and uh, as we're heading into WrestleMania, it just keeps getting better and better. By the way, one last note, Lucha Underground is now on iTunes, and you can purchase the entire first season now. For about for about forty five bucks in HD. What do you think the future of uh, Lucha Underground is? By the way, we do have an Helico coming up next year on the Roman Show to talk about Lucha Underground and Triple A. But Triple A 
hasn't been under a good light lately with his issue with finances. George, what's the future of Lucha Underground? I mean, it's, no matter what, whether it stays or it's not, and I know also TNA now is on the market. They're being mm-hmm. sold. But you have to give credit where credit is due. And Lucha Underground has paved the way for something new in professional wrestling. And let's say Lucha Underground does not survive another you know, two, three more seasons. Betcha the WWE is already eyeing some of the stuff that they have created. And little by little, they're going to add that somewhere into the well, program. Well, hence the WWE Global Cruiserweight program that they're developing on for the WWE Network. You know, it, it comes to show you who's safe anymore. Uh, hence why New Japan, Ring of Honor, Lucha Underground, AAA are locking all their wrestlers with contracts because they don't want to lose these potential people. Uh, so it, it, it's a smart move. It's a very smart business move. But here's the thing, and by the way, let me go on, and you should really make a sound bite, you know, when it comes to these opinions yeah. that I'm about to do, Mr. Roman, because We're on. We're on. Uh, because uh, my opinion has no affiliation to the Roman show. This is just my opinion and my opinion alone. Mm-hmm. So, by far, I've heard some bad news when it comes to AAA and Lucha Underground when it comes to their money issues right now. If you're going to lock a wrestler into a contract, make sure you have the money to do it. Very true. Good point. So it, it don't be locking someone in for two years and, and then you promise them. And I'm not saying it's this much because it could be less. It could be more. You're promising them twenty two thousand dollars, twenty five percent of their merchandise, uh, you know, sale, and you only give them ten thousand, and you only give them ten percent of their merchandise. Uh uh-uh, uh, doesn't, doesn't work. Doesn't make any it sense. makes no sense. And right now, from what I'm understanding. Lucha Underground and AAA are going through that issue, hence the the backlashing from Rey Mysterio Jr. and Conan as well. Hmm. So it, it's it, it's a very tough pickle right now. By the way, one last note, Tommy Dreamer did state in an interview that he was trying to bring in Kimbo Slice sure. to the WWE years ago. This according to actually a WWE.com uh, interview that was published on the website. He said, according to uh, Tommy Dreamer, that his manager sent me a very impressive demo reel back then. It was on a VHS tape, and I was totally in awe of what I was seeing. Now, here's the thing. Sure, we've seen Kimbo Slice inside the cage. We've seen Kimbo Slice in the YouTube videos knocking out people in the backyard. But, just like King Mo didn't have too much of a great impact in professional wrestling, because we all know How many matches did King Mo have in TNA? Wait, that's <laughs> I don't even know. But needless to say, and I'm not saying that that transition can happen. Of course it can happen. However, Kimbo Slice is just a guy. He, he's an entertainment guy. He's there for the money. He's there for whatever it is. But I don't think his mic skills were there. So although he could have been this tough guy, this bully guy, I think it would have been a dud. Uh... Personally, I would have never loved to see Kimbo Slice in a WWE ring because if he could get, you know, if he could uh, blow up in two minutes in a UFC octagon, mm-hmm. what does that tell you for a WWE ring? I will tell you this. I would have loved to see mm-hmm. Dada 5000 in a WWE ring. Uh, it, that guy will bring you money. As long as he trains. I'm sure he will. And I'm, and I'm still sticking to what I said last week on the show. There we go. All right. We'll be right back with more here in the program. But... Coming up next, Angelico of Lucha Underground. 
actually the former trios champion. Oh, nice. They talk about that three and three action, which it hasn't been a big hit in the states yet, but yeah. little by little it's coming around. But Angelico coming up right here on the Roman Show. Monster Energy Ford Rock returns to JetBlue Park in Fort Myers, Florida, <laughs> April 30th and May 1st with Rob Zombie. Shine down. Five man dump punch. Three doors down. Bring you the horizon. And day to remember. And more. Tickets and VIP packages are on sale now. For four, head to FordRockFestival.com. Fueled by Monster Energy Drake. All right, Helico. Well, well, thanks so much for uh, taking your time and, and speaking to us here. Um, first and foremost, Lucha Underground second season. Uh, from what you've seen so far, some of the reaction that that, that you ever seen from the people, from the fans, uh, what what have uh, you taken? Um, I'm just you know so like proud and excited to be a part of it. I think the second season, you know, it's, uh, it started fairly well, and uh, I think overall people will be you know much more impressed with the second season than the first. So there's still so much more to look forward to. Yeah, and Lucha Underground didn't waste any time. They're already, already stating that there will be a Season 3. Will you be a part of that as well? Um, yes. Uh, I think all of us will, will be a part of it. Um, I think it starts you know, pretty soon. I think that was you know, some of the best news ever. Um, yeah, so super excited about that. And, Angelico, you've been, uh, of course, you've been in wrestling for some time now in South Africa, and... Uh, you ventured here in the states. We're not too familiarized too much with this three-on-three tag team action uh, in Mexico. Of course, is very famous, especially in, in Triple A. Um, and, and now Lucha Underground has introduced that. How, how different is this, this type of uh, tag teaming when it comes to a wrestler? How different is the strategy, the psychological, the psychological part uh, about it? Um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's more difficult in some ways, and it's much easier in other ways. Um, I always just try to look at it as a positive, you know, instead of having just uh, two wrestlers in the ring or four, you know, you've got six, so that's, you know, so much more creativity can come out of six people than out of two people. So I think the dynamic of it, it's just different, you just have to work the advantages of it. You just have to make the match just quicker, more action-packed. Uh, yeah, it's just like, it's just like non-stop action, six-man tags, I actually like them. And you think there was time here in America we can kind of adapt that and accept that and perhaps maybe get some sort of uh, more of this type of action? Yeah, completely, because, I mean, look at the first season of Lucha Underground. You only had, you know, uh, the trio titles and the world championship, and I didn't hear anyone say a bad thing about you know, the trio titles because I think the trio matches were probably some of the best matches out of the whole season, so... Uh, and this season as well, there'll be a huge part of season two. So I think people have already accepted them without even really thinking about it. Of course, and I was here originally from South Africa. How, how is the pro wrestling scene in South Africa? I know some of the other companies like the WWE, TNA, they, they've had their sites in that area, but I understand that you were part of a company that Booker T had some sort of role in it. Um, yeah, I don't know how much of a role he had in it in terms of... Uh, he was never there, but it was just like they had the the rights and the same training uh, facilities as he had in America. So it was like a, like a sister school to his, to his American school. But it was only open like six months. It didn't actually work very well because just wrestling in Africa is not as big as it is in America. So it's much harder to get you know a wrestling promotion to work there. 
But how, how is it? Is there on a, on a monthly basis? Are there wrestling promotions hosting events, or is it every yeah? Every... Yeah, they got like independent promotions. Uh, one of my good friends, Anansi, he's got like a really good school there. Um, he's one of the best wrestlers you know I've ever wrestled against. Uh, so he's always trying to like make the South African scene grow. He was like a huge part of like pushing me when I first started and like pushing me out of South Africa to go get more experience. Like, um, so he's doing like probably the most in, in terms of the South African scene. Um, they probably do like, yeah, events every 15 days, every month. Um, just the main thing they don't have is a TV deal, so. So is it, 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 it pretty difficult to get it in a school like this, depending where you are in Johannesburg or whatnot? Yeah, there's just so few options, you see, because Johannesburg's just one city. So if you're like a South African kid in Cape Town, I don't even know if there's a, a state school in Cape Town anymore. So just to, I mean, for such a huge country to only have one uh, training facility, it's uh, pretty crazy. But, uh, I mean, if you, you know, you're passionate about it and you want to do it, you'll, you'll make it work and you'll be able to go there like I did. Yeah, so how, so you, that's why you had to travel outside of Africa and go, go to Europe, no? Yeah, so, you, you mean after South Africa, right? Yeah. Yeah, so I just, I just thought, like, that there you sort of get to, like, a certain level, and then, the, you know, if you really want to push your talents, you just have to go and keep wrestling people, you know, more experienced and better than you are, and I just thought that the best, you know, opportunity for that was to go to Europe. I saw a lot of the European guys in South Africa were really good. They come down to like those now you had some training with a legendary person, Mr. Ultimo Dragon. How was that experience, and, and do you still keep in contact? Yeah, no, that was amazing. That was like when my career like really started taking off. It's because well, not taking off, but just when it started moving like in the right direction. I met Ultimo Dragon on the European tour, and he had uh, his training school or the like a Japanese dojo in Mexico City when all the you know like the original Toyuman and Dragon Gate guys used to come down from Japan to train so I mean yeah it's the whole dojo lifestyle you're just it's amazing you have a ring on the bottom floor of the building you're just like you know living with young like wrestling hungry guys so, like at midnight we'd be down in the ring practicing stuff and I mean having like Ultimate Dragon there he wasn't so involved in the training. He used more like the Mexican trainers, the trainers. He'd just give like, like real advice, I'd say, you know, like life advice and stuff like that. Obviously, he would get in the ring with us, but uh, he kind of like just watched us from the side almost. Now, you're in Neutral Underground. You're also in AAA. I mean, how, how do you how do you juggle this? Two promotions, same time. And, and what is their relationship? Is there a relationship with AAA and Lucha Underground? Yeah, I mean, because, you know, AAA had a huge part to do with the start-up of Lucha Underground, you know. Uh, I think with the original concepts of the ideas and in terms of the investors, I think, you know, they're, they're right up there. Um, and, yeah, it's, it's fine for us because, you know, Mexico to LA is like a five-hour flight, so it's not actually that bad. We travel more hours than that in a day just to get from a show outside of Mexico City. So, um yeah, it, it works really well to do that and to get a break from Mexico and go to LA for the weekend or sometimes like a whole week or two weeks or some of the vignettes. Uh, it actually goes really well together, the situation. And, and it's amazing the, the type of exposure that Lucha Underground has, has received. Um, you know, with much success, there are those who criticize it, but it seems that it's gonna it's on the on the on the cutting edge when it comes to pro wrestling, and, and so much so that there there were rumors, and I don't know how true this is, but TNA and WWE had reached out to Lucha Underground to possibly have you guys over there. Yeah, I mean, 
for your time and uh, look forward to seeing more of the uh, the episodes here Lunch Underground of course uh, the third season do we know when uh, they're going to start filming it? Uh, I don't know the exact date yet um, but I know I think it will be in this year 2016 of course Wonderful well thank you so very much and we look forward to seeing you in action as well in, uh, in, in uh, AAA which they, they also air down here in the United States thanks so very much for your time No problem thank you for the interview and uh Ladies and gentlemen, listeners all around the world, welcome to the showdown. Anderson Silva made his well comeback to the octagon this weekend when he took on Michael Bisping in Bisping's hometown or home country, actually, of uh, of England. In the UK, however, Anderson Silva's overhyped return just didn't go his way as Michael Bisping ended up winning that fight by a split decision. And Anderson mm. Silva is in a happy camper. He has come out and said that he wants a rematch versus Anderson Silva, and now Michael Bisping says he has his eye on the gear. Now, now here's the thing with Anderson. You know, just Anderson Silva just thought, he just doesn't change. Okay, I know that you didn't get to see a chance to, to watch this fight, but throughout these five rounds, George, Anderson Silva thought that he was an old Anderson Silva when he took on Forrest Griffin dancing around, parading around, and he thought that in the third round he had defeated Michael Bisping. This is what happens. You know, that cockiness of Anderson Silva, which, mind you, I mean, it, it, it makes him, and it makes him an exciting fighter. Mm-hmm. I do agree. However, to a point, People start, or fighters start, noticing your work, the way that you fight. And pretty much Anderson Silva's spiel is no longer a hit, and it has been already uncovered. Again, the, the, I, I quoted last week, you know, and, and the, the curse continues. Every single time someone, you know, is taking off a medical drug, a prescription drug, a a drug they're doing for fun, or, you know, once they come back from a suspension of whatever kind, they lose their touch. What just happened? <laughs> you know, and, and yeah, you're talking to me about that Anderson Silva was his old self, you know, showing off and blah, blah, blah. But the point is, is he still lost. Because the old Anderson Silva would have finished off a Bisping. You know, you know, the old Anderson Silva, the Anderson Silva that was on enhancement drugs, I'm not promoting drugs again. Don't, don't, you know, twist my words. But the old Anderson Silva that was on enhancement drugs would have finished him off. How many times did we see Anderson Silva finish off a fight, you know, when he was on those things? Now, here he comes, clean as a whistle, and he loses. By split decision, like how you were saying, because he was showing off. You have to understand one thing. Biz, uh, you know, Bisbing is a fighter. Mm-hmm. I don't like him. You know, I, I've always been a guy to go against Bisbing. You know, I really don't like his brash attitude and, 
and etc. But, you know, at the same time, this is not the entertainment business. USC is not entertainment. It's, it's a place where you get to mix all styles of fighting from around the world, from martial arts to wrestling, to see what is the best. And if you're coming in to entertain, quote-unquote, A, file, file in with Chael Sonnen, okay? Hence why he's no longer around. Just saying. Well, all, all I'm saying is, and, and some folks are even, there was an article on bloodyelbow.com uh, stating that the UFC should cut Anderson Silva. And they're not. I mean, they're going to give Anderson Silva one more fight. You know, if you put him as a main event on the UFC fight pass, People will tune in. Yeah, he is a name. Yeah, what maybe, the hell? Maybe we'll see him at WrestleMania sometime. Who knows? Why not, right? <laughs> I know that the WWE yeah. have been searching for yeah. a Brazilian wrestler. Yeah, you never know. <laughs> All right, moving forward. The guy who won 240K on Holly Holm uh, when Holm defeated Ronda Rousey back in December, November, actually. It was in November. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was November. Uh, well, he's not I predicted Holm. Yes, you did. He is... He is betting $77,000 in Misha Tate at the UFC 196 coming up this weekend. Uh, and according to Tate, she said in an interview with MMA Junkie Radio that the guy had texted her earlier saying that I'm upping my bet to $77,000. And the, the, the winner, actually, his name is Dave Onsea. I, I, I got to tell you something. You hmm. better know as Vegas Dave. Vegas Dave, I hope Lady Luck is on your side because, <laughs> listen... Holly Holm, there's a reason why she defeated Ronda Rousey. Mm-hmm. And there's a reason why Ronda Rousey defeated Misha Tate. I'm yep. not taking anything I'll, away from you, Tate. You took the words right out of my mouth. I'm not taking anything away from Tate. And I know that Holly Holm is a different fighter than, than Ronda Rousey. And, and, and I'm pretty sure Vegas Dave here is betting money that Misha Tate uh, could stand up with Holly Holm. Let me just remind you, sir, that Holly Holm is a badass at boxing. She... she Tested the Muay Thai waters and has knocked out single-handedly people with that, those kicks of hers. Again, I really hope Lady Luck is on your side because yep. I would not bet now one dollar anymore. And I couldn't say it any better. So in closing, because you took the words right out of my mouth, Mr. Roman, look for Holly Holm to use this fight as a warning to Ronda Rousey saying, I'm ready. FYI, Ronda Rousey had said that if any reporter brings up Holy Hom, she's walking out of an interview. Do you think at some point just Ronda Rousey is a sore loser? Sometimes I wonder. Yeah, I was about, about to. I was about to tell you that. Like, really, you know, you want to, you know, pass on any questions that has to do with Holly Holm. You know, and just walk out of the interview proves how professional you are. But at the same time, you were the one that came out about a week ago or two weeks ago stating that you wanted to commit suicide, and the only reason you didn't was because of your current boyfriend, mm-hmm. yeah, because you wanted to have his kids. You unleashed a, 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 I don't know what to say, a huge thunderstorm, a huge hurricane of a info that literally no one knew when you went backstage. People thought you left. People thought you were happy, as a matter of fact, because a week later after that fight, you know, you were shown in pictures being all happy that the fight didn't affect you, and and et cetera, et cetera. Then you come out and say that you wanted to commit suicide, and then a week later saying, I am going to walk out? No, dude, come on. It's like, what kind of game are you playing? (laughs) Well, last topic here. Nate Diaz, Conor McGregor, 
to me, one of the best, most hyped fights. Unfortunately, unfortunately for us fans, we didn't get to really enjoy it because they just announced this fight two weeks ago. Hmm. And the amount of trash talking that these guys would have had with an ample amount of time would have been amazing of all the crap that they would have talked to each other. However, we're not going to get that. We're going to get two weeks worth of it, but we are going to get a fight. And I, I promise you, George, this is not ending in, a, in the first round. <laughs> uh, although Conor McGregor has said I gave him the first round and I respect him and so forth, Nate Diaz is a different fighter. He, he could stand up with Conor McGregor. You know, unlike Chad Mendes, who by heart is, 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 a, is a wrestler, uh, Joe Diazzo, don't ask me what the hell happened to him. But, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what, I maybe forgot to eat his Wheaties or whatnot because he is a, a great stand-up guy, but for some reason that day, God knows what happened, which by the way, he was offered an opportunity at Conor McGregor for the rematch, he said no. But either way, Nate Diaz is going to come out and, and he is in great shape. In fact, he was training for a triathlon. So for those who question about Conor McGregor choosing or picking his opponents, Nate Diaz was ready. All they had to do was give him a call, and he was ready to step up. Needless to say, I think this fight will go to Conor McGregor, but maybe perhaps in the third round. I don't know, Mr. Roman. I really don't know, because McGregor shocked the world when he beat Aldo in 30... Was it 30 seconds, right? 13 13 seconds. Yeah, McGregor shocked the world. Even you, okay, for someone that kept on quoting, oh, you know, you don't know how Aldo is. Aldo is it's a golden fighter, and, and look what happened, okay? Conor McGregor, if there's one thing that I have to say about him, is he loves to shock the world. And don't, I, I could only say, don't expect otherwise when he fights Nate Diaz, because uh, Nate Diaz, yeah, sure, is a veteran, but... McGregor has quoted, he's in a division full of has-beens, and he's here to clean it all up. So, <laughs> he said he wants a title for each weight class, and he said he's going to create his own title. Yeah, it, it, this is a man that, hey, but to this day, like what we discussed a couple weeks ago, the man could talk all he wants. Backing it up. But he's backing it up, and until someone shuts it up, shuts him up. We can't say that he's talking, you know what, we can't say he's talking poop, because he's not. Because he's backing it all up. Well, George, it pretty much wraps up this episode of The Roman Show. We will catch you right here on the program. By the way, next week we're going to have the director of a gentleman who has been following the lives of professional wrestlers and documenting them as he makes his way in the Indies. So we're going to hear from Mark Chavensky right here in the program to talk about his documentary already, which you can actually purchase it online. With that being said, last word, George? When would he be able to make a documentary about us? Uh, he's on it. Okay, cool. Yeah, All right, with that being said, we'll catch you right here in the program. If you haven't been on, you haven't been heard. Good night, guys.